Welcome to Mormon Happy Hour. My name is Colleen Dietz. Join me and my guests each week for an entertaining recap of the hottest topics in Mormonism. We keep tabs on social media and headline news so you don't have to. Don't miss our live pro tips as you adjust to your new and exciting post-Mormon life. Mormon Happy Hour is here to bring you the irreverent side of Mormonism, wherever you may be. Welcome to episode 28. This week, we have five new supporters on Patreon. So I wanted to share with you their names real quickly. They all get a shout out. First one is Eliza R. Snowden, the best name ever. Then we have Nick, Mindy, Jerry, and Austin. Thank you all so much for supporting us. I really appreciate it. And it it actually has helped me quite a bit as I've prepared for Sunstone. So it means a lot to me. And you will all be seeing all of the things that your support has allowed me to put back into the show. So thank you. Next, this week we have a live pro tip. I have brought in a beer expert for our first Beer 101 lesson, which is ales and lagers. And please forgive me, we went way overboard on our Mormon sex myths this week. I really hope that you can handle all the sex talk that we're going to bring you. Let me know what you think of all these crazy stories that Camille and I are going to tell you this week. And lastly, Mason Proxy is stopping by one more time with three more Zodiac signs. He still has three more for the next week. But let me know what you think of these signs and visit his website, which is mormonzodiac.com. from Tap That AZ, and we'll, I want him to introduce himself, and then we'll kind of talk about how we met. So, Eric. Yes. Thanks for having me. I feel special. I feel like I, I should be the specialist, <laughs> the most special, specialist, right? Because you absolutely it. are. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yes. I would say I'm an expert, more of a obsessivist. Is that a word? <laughs> I totally feel I you on that one. Yeah, yeah. I love craft beer. Like, I, I really do. I, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, my wife is sometimes like, okay, you know, maybe just, you know, let's focus on something else. I'm like, no, craft beer. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite the enthusiast. I'm working on the expert level, but uh, but I'll try to uh, I'll try to live up to that moniker. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I was, I was honored to run into Eric. Um, we crashed a podcast that he was hosting live. They did a live event at, what was the name of the brewery? Uh, It was Adventure Stills. Adventure Stills is a distillery in Tempe, Arizona. And it was fantastic. They had some great, just a moment, my my bartender brought me a drink. I'll tip him later. (laughs) (laughs) I won't get into that. Yes. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, we were at Adventure Stills, and you were interviewing Paige from Neatly on the Rocks, who is another guest that we've had on the show. I will link that episode in our show notes, and actually most of it is on our Patreon account, full video. So that's how I met Eric, and I got a chance to talk a little bit on your mics, and it was a blast. We got to, I got to vent about ex-Mormonism, and then I'm bringing Eric on so yes. that he can teach us about beer. 
So take yes. it away. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I was doing an event at uh, Adventure Still. So with a podcast, basically, I travel around Arizona. It's probably 80% beer and then 20% spirits, right, at local, local Arizona distilleries. I've, I've dove into some coffee shops and local places like that, but it's it's mostly beer. But okay. you caught me on one of my, my side days of doing – distilleries <laughs> it was great that's to right taste the what we'll talk about first is is just a beer 101 right because i get people all the time when i tell them what i do because i do this full time now so i i am also co-founder of uh, arizona food and beer which is basically a standalone media platform all about arizona food and beer like local arizona food and beer places wow yeah. cool so I quit my full-time job, my, my real shitty, can I say shitty? Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> quit my shitty job in a cube, hated it, and doing this full-time now, right? So awesome. when people, when I tell people what I do, um, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I don't really like beer. And I'm like, it's because you haven't found the right beer. Because there's a beer out there for everybody. Um, people think of the Bud Lights, Coors Lights, you know, Corona, things like that. Yeah, which every beer has its place. And I won't, I might talk shit on beers. Yeah, I will probably. <laughs> but, uh, so basically what it falls into is you got to find the right beer for you, right? So beer falls into two categories, ales and lagers, okay? So a majority of styles of beer are ales, but a majority of beers in production are lagers, Right, so lagers are like Bud Light, Coors Light, Corona, Heineken, all of those those big beers. Those are lagers. Okay, um, they're less complex. They're easier to drink. Um, when you get into the craft side of things, craft lagers there's going to be more complexity, more flavors to them. But those run of the mill Miller's, Coors things, those are those are pretty basic, right? But on the other side, uh, to their giving them some props is to be able to make that much beer that often and, and ship it across the world and for it to taste the same every single time, as shitty as that might be, it's, it's <laughs> impressive, right? And a lot of the craft brewers will tell you, like, it's impressive the way that they can do what they do. Like, not, not commending the quality, but the consistency of it. Right. So, so most of what you see are lagers, but most styles and mostly what you'll see in craft breweries are ales. Right. So the big difference is one of them, I think ales, the, the yeast ferments from the top, lagers ferment from the bottom. I don't know why. And I don't know what the hell that means. But I know that. But the thing with lagers, why a lot of craft breweries don't do lagers is because they take longer. Right. So if you're, if you're a small brewery and you have three tanks, for your beer to ferment, a lager might take eight weeks where an ale can get turned in about four weeks. Okay. okay? Just kind of give or take. So these craft breweries want them turnover, right? right? So they don't have the room or the space and lagers have to be temperature controlled, right? So it's a whole ales, you, you brew them, you put them in the fermenters and, you know, four to six weeks later, they're ready to rock. Okay. regardless of temperature and you know so so yeah so those are the two styles ales and lagers okay, okay. now mainly what beer is for the most part um there's a law in germany it's called the german purity law ryan geisteboat i think is how you say it 
So basically, in this, this has been in existence for, I think, like 400 years in Germany, where brews can only have water, hops, yeast, and barley. That's it. That's the only thing they can add. So they can't add additional things into their beer, like grapefruit or okay, crazy water, shit like that. Water, hops, yeast, and barley. And barley. Are, now those are, they can choose from them, right? They don't have to use all four of those. You choose from well, them. Well, you need all four. All four of those are the, the beer. You do. Right? Okay. okay. So basically how it works is, so you, you, to make alcohol, you have to, um, you have to get a sugar from a starch, right? Uh -huh. So like um, wine, it's fermented fruit sugar, right? Mm -hmm. Beer is typically barley, like a malted barley. Um, whiskey is like, you know, corn. Um, sake is rice, right? So they're pulling the sugar from a starch, right? Okay. And so they boil it and that exposes that starch. And then they put the yeast in and then the yeast, basically what they do, the yeast eats the starch and shits out alcohol and CO2, right? So, yeah, we, we yeah. drink the byproduct of the fermentation process, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so beer, and I don't know about the German purity law, if they can use other starches like, um, you know, besides barley, can they use wheat? Can they use um, rye, right? I don't know exactly that aspect of it, but it's pretty basic. So there's not, not much variety in Germany with, with those beers. They kill it on the beers that they make, but there's not a huge variety of, of what they make, right? Now, does that, in, that, that doesn't apply to Belgium, right? Just Germany? Just Germany, yeah. That's the German purity law. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because all around the world, they use all kinds of, they all use all kinds of different things. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting you brought that up because I love Belgian beers. Like, Me I too. love Me Belgian too. styles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and we'll get into that at a later time, the styles, right? <laughs> but, okay, okay. But you, you, you hit it right there because that's one of my favorite styles, yeah. <laughs> and with hops, that's where you get a lot of the variety in like the, like the smell, like the aromatics of the beer mm -hmm. and the flavor because there's like 80, I think there's like 80-something pretty mainstream, hop, mainstream hops that are out there. Mm -hmm. So the hops can create like a citrusy, aroma and taste where other ones will be like more piney and some of the descriptors and it's funny because i'm still trying to be able to identify hops right when i drink a beer i'm like oh is that is that denali is that a mosaic galaxy yeah so people can do that or at least they say there are people that can do it but i think more people say they can do it you know <laughs> they see the description oh yeah i can really taste the mosaic I'm like no you can't for shit um <laughs> But there's one hop that I've identified, Denali, and it has a descriptor of cactus. As weird as that sound, like like that's like a it's like a commonly used like oh yeah it has a cactus. Like why would you go towards that? Right? And, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the one that like no, it can't be just me, right? Like nobody likes cactus, but people <laughs> use it. And, beer so um now, is, is sorry, that man. gonna be like the ipas because i gotta be honest i'm yes. not a big ipa fan when you said cat mm -hmm. piss i was like oh that must be those ipas that i can't stand yes yes and that's the, that's the thing is they use so many different types there's that denali hop anytime and now that i know that if there's denali in a beer i probably won't like it right which is funny though because i actually had a beer today that had denali in it 
and I did like it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm full of shit. Who knows? <laughs> or cat piss. We call it cat piss. Or cat piss. Yeah. I think the other ones maybe canceled it out. But but all, my point here is there are a lot of different hop varieties, and that's what really gives most of the flavor in the aromatics of, okay. of the beer. Okay. okay. Now there are beers like Heffenweizens. Uh, those are pretty popular. Um, that's wheat, right? So um, they use barley, but a per- large percentage of, of the grain that they put at the beginning, at the mashing stage, which is the very beginning when they boil the grain, it's wheat, right? So it's not just all barley, there's wheat in there as well, mm-hmm. right? So that's why it gives it that kind of a hazy, hazy color, yeah, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's rye beers too. I don't think rye beers are as popular as like, wheat beers i think they should be i like i like a a good rye beer it's kind of got a little bit more kind of like a rye whiskey can you name a rye beer that might be more popular that i may have had no um there's nothing you're basically going to see it like in craft beer right so like they'll they'll do a a rye ipa it's it's kind of like when you compare like uh like bullet bourbon has the regular bullet bourbon then they have the rye whiskey you can right. t- taste that difference so just different ways of of um using a different type of starch right and pretty sure like big brands like miller and coors they'll use like rice because it's it's a lot less it's a lot less expensive and like i'm completely talking uneducated here but i'm pretty sure it's less expensive so they'll put that in there because it's a starch uh-huh. And it can, there's sugars that come out of that starch, but it's, you know, so, but you don't really see rice unless it's a specific, like a rice lager or something like that. Um, you don't see craft breweries you really use in those, those types of ingredients. Okay. So, so rye probably yeah. isn't something that I've experienced. I'd have to see. Probably it. not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much, Eric. We'll catch you again. Awesome. Thank you. one more time we have i brought camille back on the show hi camille (laughs) and as we're recording it is early on a saturday morning so if our voices sound like well mine's a little froggy that's why because i just woke up so good morning (laughs) all right so on me i mean i've been up i've working out I like worked out at the gym and like did a five mile run. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I did none of that. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. I'm sorry. This isn't going to work out. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't run without peeing my pants full on. So no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, TMI. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> That's just real. That's just real. Real life. All right, so for Uh the Mormon sex myth agenda today, we have some really exciting topics that we want to talk to you about. But first, last week we talked about, we told you, well, I guess I kind of hinted at a story that I thought was hilarious. And then I got an opportunity to read the story out loud. I did a live family home evening with Bryce Blakenagle last Monday 
and I read the whole story and it was a riot. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to bring this to my listeners. So we're going to read the story out of the lesson manual. Oh my God. It's so graphic. You're going to love it. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm so ready for this. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. So this is on LDS.org under manual. Teachings of Spencer W. Kimball, Chapter 10, so feel free to follow along. So, it starts out. This situation is reminiscent of the fable of the camel and his owner who were traveling across the desert sand dunes when a windstorm came up. The traveler quickly set up his tent and moved in, closing the flaps to protect himself from the cutting, grinding sands of the raging storm. So just picture flaps. It's already getting a little graphic, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's dirty. So um, the camel, of course, was left outside as the violent wind hurled the sand against his body and into his eyes and nostrils. He found it unbearable and finally begged for entrance into the tent. I mean. But he's begging. Yes. Begging for entry. Begging is not sexy, FYI. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for all you camels out there, don't beg for entry. <laughs> Better than that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Go on. So the traveler says, <laughs> There is only room for myself, camel. But may I just get my nose in so I can breathe air not filled with sand? Hmm. Just my nose. <laughs> Well, perhaps you could do that, replied the traveler, and he opened the flap ever so little, and the long nose of the camel entered. <laughs> He's like, just the tip. Uh-huh. That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. Just the tip. How comfortable the camel was now, but soon the camel became weary of the smarting sand on his eyes and ears. The wind-driven sand is like a rasp on my head. Could I put just my head in? Again, the traveler rationalized that to acquiesce would do him no damage, for the camel's head could occupy the space at the top of the tent, which he himself was not using. So the camel put his head inside, and the beast was satisfied again. (laughs) The beast. The beast was satisfied. (laughs) I can't believe that's in a church manual. (laughs) Yes. Me thinks that Spencer W. Kimball has a dirty, dirty mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> um, yeah. Just that, the front. I'm so happy that you read that for us. <laughs> oh, it's not over. It keeps going. Are you ready? <laughs> Just yes, the front. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just the front quarters, he begged, and again the traveler relented, and soon the camel's front shoulders and legs were in the tent. Finally, by the same process of pleading and yielding the camel's torso, his hindquarters were all in the tent. But now it was too crowded for the two, and the camel kicked the traveler out into the windstorm. So now the camel is hindquarters deep in the tent. Oh, dear. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yep. And that's the end. Spencer W. Kimball. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm just in shock that that's in a manual, and I still don't understand why. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he does relate it to like, oh, well, in this story, the, the camel represents Satan, and Satan will weasel his way into you, into your life, little by little, and pleading, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, because Satan's a snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those snakes. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it's so dirty. I think it's so funny. And that's like, okay, my takeaway from that story, honestly, my takeaway, don't be begging to enter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good on anybody. <laughs> don't be begging for entry. Okay, be you co <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so last week we hinted that we were going to be talking about bagpiping and earthquaking. So we're still going to cover those today. We'll do bagpiping first because earthquaking is going to take some soaking explanation before we can do earthquaking. So many terms. Thank you, BYU. <laughs> so much to learn. You're going to get my real life reactions, listeners. <laughs> this is going to be real. So at BYU, they do this thing called bagpiping. Have you heard of bagpiping yet? I've heard of it, but I, I don't know what it is. I've only heard of it because of you. Because uh -huh. you're my, my guru. You teach me all the things. <laughs> I teach you so. all the, the BYU sex things. <laughs> yes, you do. This is so educational for me. <laughs> so the story goes that bagpiping was discovered because some poor BYU co-ed ended up in the health center with something going on underneath her arm. Wait, is that what I'm thinking? Like they use under the arm? Like, uh-uh. Uh-huh. Oh my God, they are so creative, these BYU co-eds. Wow. If, the, if it's not working in your brain yet, bagpiping is where you put the hot dog underneath your armpit and then you move it in and out. Because that's not sex. <laughs> I just, I, I'm floored. I, I don't even know. How do girls agree to this? This is what I need to know. This is insane. And the poor girl who ended up in the BYU Health Center with fucking STDs in her armpit. <laughs> what? That's oh how they gosh. found out about it. Oh my gosh. See, I need, okay, listen, Colleen, we need to, like, go on the road. We need to do some workshops for these poor girls and, like, teach them. <laughs> like, you don't have to consent to bagpiping. Your armpit is your armpit. <laughs> Nobody has the right to enter your armpit if you don't want them there. Okay, wow. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I said last week, which is, this is what we're driving our youth to. <laughs> the repressed Mormon culture. This is what happens. So next on, next on the docket, we're going to talk about earthquaking, which I also hinted at. But before we can talk about earthquaking, we have to revisit the term soaking, which I feel like we can't do a single segment on Mormon sex myth without talking about soaking. Soaking is, is fundamental here. This is a foundational principle. That's great. Yes. Okay, go on. Go on. So soaking is, um, oh, just a minute. I'm going to get some coffee. 
my barista. Ooh, you do it right over there. Fancy. I don't have a barista. <laughs> my barista was topless and pantsless too. What? Oh, you needed to turn the camera is what <laughs> needed to happen there. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> For all of you who are not familiar with soaking, soaking is the concept of uh, young Mormon BYU co-eds generally, and I'm sure Mormons and conservative folk everywhere, where um, God is a T-Rex and he cannot see you if you don't move. So soaking, insertion, and then you just sit there and marinate and don't move because, you know, that's fun. I feel like that takes more willpower than just not doing anything. But why? What is the point? <laughs> just put a wet washcloth on there. You get the same effect. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. They're not very smart. Okay, here's my soaking story. It's not really a story, but it's just a funny little anecdote because as I have said before, my college years prior to marriage were very virginal. I was so good. Although I had some friends who were not. And so one of my girlfriends, one day she was like, Camille, do you think it counts as sex if it just goes in, but there's no like in and out? That's what she said, basically. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, I think it still counts. Like, it's in there. So I was, I was just, yeah. So she had a soaking experience. Wow. And then she was feeling all guilty. And see, this is before soaking was a term, right? Because I'm old. <laughs> and <laughs> also, I didn't go to BYU, let's remember. But um, yeah, and I, I was just like kind of, dumbfounded by her question <laughs> I feel bad I'm just like I mean yeah sorry god is not a t-rex yeah it's I don't know anyway it's dumb but that's my story because I was dumbfounded then and I am dumbfounded now <laughs> equally <laughs> uh, so silly so I don't Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to take soaking up a few notches. Are you ready? I'm so ready. This is a team sport. So this is going to take more than two people. Are you ready for this? Oh my God. This is earthquaking. Uh-huh. This is earthquaking. Okay. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. What is it? What's happening? <clears throat> so earthquaking involves the foundation of soaking and it is best done on a top bunk and the um, coordination of your roommates has to be set ahead of time so you're so- you're soaking with your girl in the top bunk or your boy i don't really know who is doing the coordination here so you're soaking in the top bunk your roommates come in while you are remaining motionless because motionless is holy your roommates come in they get on the bottom bunk. They put their feet up on the mattress and they start kicking as hard as they can. So they're shaking the mattress. Oh. So then there's there's movement. T-Rex is going to notice that, by the way. But it doesn't count because you're not doing it. Somebody right. else is doing it for you. It's just an earthquake. Colleen. Colleen. <laughs> is this real? 
Uh-huh. People are really doing it. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with them? <laughs> oh, just have the sex. Seriously. I, I, this, oh, I don't even, I have no words. I am in shock right now. What? I can't even imagine even doing that for a roommate or like, no, no. Okay. <laughs> No, by the way, I did have the top bunk in college. None of that ever happened. You missed out. (laughs) I totally missed out. What was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) How have I gone this long in my life without earthquaking? You'll have to test it out and get back to me. You'll have to return and report, Camille. I don't know. I don't think I have the patience for earthquaking. <laughs> I just have to say something. It's a side note. Is that okay? Can we diverge for just a sec? Go for it. I feel, okay, I'm almost 42 years old. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> My lips are sealed. Um, <laughs> My car virginity was just taken last night. What? For the first time in my life. Camille. I had car sex. I know, you guys. See, this is what the church has stolen from me. Okay? I did not ever indulge. There was, let me tell you, there was a time when my husband and I were engaged and we were taking a road trip and it was just he and I. And we were so horny. You know. You know how it is. We were both virgins. We pulled off the road and we get in the back seat and start making out. And like, so close. It almost happened, but we were so good, and we were like, no, 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 we can't. And then we, like, didn't. <laughs> Anyways, that was finally rectified last night. Wow. I'm happy about it. <laughs> See? Okay, I shared a personal story. It's kind of, I don't know. It's totally applicable to Mormon sex myths because I feel like everyone had car sex but me. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. I have to relive yeah. <laughs> I'm reliving my teenage adolescent years now <laughs> as an older woman. Well, have you had tent sex at least? No. What? Oh my God, Camille. Okay, but Colleen, but let me tell you something. I have had sex in a church bathroom. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You're, you, you just went up a few notches in your, your sex cred. <laughs> I know. I have a lot. Listen, I have a lot of ground to, to make up. I really do. Mm-hmm. So this is why this Mormon sexness is good. Okay. Sorry to go on a tangent, but that's a new thing. That's a real life, new, exciting experience for me. That's I feel amazing. really good about it. <laughs> I, I feel like I should send you a, a, a legit congratulatory trophy. I think that's important. You should. Congratulations yeah. on your car, losing your car virginity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so the last, I think, <clears throat> so we did bagpiping. Bag we did soaking and earthquaking. Oh, so the last thing I wanted to share with you today is um, what, back in the, um, one of the rounds that I was collecting Mormon sex myths, off the interwebs from my gracious listeners and fans that share with me their Mormon sex myths. This one, this one was epic and I had to go back and find it just to share it with you, Camille. Are you ready? I'm so ready. 
<clears throat> my friend had a classmate who told me she was so worn out from having to help her husband pee in the morning. Okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. They were newlyweds, and turns out the husband was telling the wife she needed to finish off a morning erection or he'd never be able to urinate again. Every morning. Every morning. This, this is where patriarchy goes seriously wrong. <laughs> right? Like, how manipulative is that? That's ridiculous. And how naive is she to be like, like, how was he peeing before they got married? Mm-hmm. If that was real. Right. Because like, masturbation's a sin, so he couldn't take care of it himself before he got married. So how on earth did he... Did everything not break before they, he got married? Like, Colleen, I have so many really angry <laughs> feelings in my heart about this. It's funny, but it's also just so sad, and it makes me so angry. As a lot of Mormon sex must do, actually, because they are funny, but, but when you get underneath them, it's really sad. Yeah. Indeed. Like the fact that I just really lost my car virginity. Also very sad. <laughs> You know, so many sad, sad stories here. <sighs> that poor girl. How did she figure it out that he was a lying douchebag? I don't know. Like, how do you recover from that? Like, oh, yeah, sorry, honey. That, I just really liked morning blowjobs. <laughs> I can still pee. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, God. That's just so wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we need, we need more education for the youth. Oh, dear. That's pretty funny, though. Yes. I can't. I, the funny part about it, really, is just that she, it's funny in a sad way, though, but just that she got that. Like, she uh-huh. got that. Yeah. <laughs> and the poor girl was complaining to a friend that she was exhausted because it was such, such a task she had to perform every morning. <laughs> That poor child. <laughs> I wonder where they now. Where are they now? That's we need to do a where are they now segment. <laughs> where are these people now? And what has happened to them? Yes, we should get them. Oh on dear. And interview them and be like, listen here, douchebag. What on earth convinced you or made you think that it was okay? <laughs> to start your marriage off with this deception. If you want morning sex. Just be honest about it, okay? There's better ways to get it. Honestly. <laughs> hey, but he took begging to a new level. Oh, yes! It's not attractive. Listen, people. <laughs> begging is not attractive. I'm speaking to you now. Listen, I like a, I like a good morning wood. I'm not going to lie. They're, they're like, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Nope, you don't need to tell me because you got to pee. Like, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, this has been just a very enlightening segment for me, as as per the usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how it's going? And what, this is good. This is good for me. What what, what were you going to return and report? Did we decide earthquaking? You're going to return and report earthquaking. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to have to find myself a bunk bed. I have one, but we don't use it anymore, so it's not like, it's dismantled. So it would be like, okay, husband, you're going to have to put the bunk bed together because we've got to try this. And then I'll invite all my friends over, 
<laughs> okay, little party. Make sure you have like bed rails because I don't want you guys like flying off the bed. <laughs> actually, actually, okay. The more we talk about this, the more excited I'm getting. <laughs> I'll be honest, Cole. This is not going to stop with earthquaking if I get going. <laughs> Sorry. I do not have the willpower of these BYU people. Like, no. We're, that's, yeah. But I'll try. I'll try my best for science. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do what I can. And, and I will return and report. Obviously. And make sure you invest in some safety harnesses, at least, you know, just for safety. Yeah. Safety first. You know, I might need to be tied up just oh. for safety. There you go. Well, yeah. Right. Exactly. So I don't pull off. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Safety and science. Let's uh -huh. do it. All right. Return and report. <sighs> okay. <sighs> I'm just getting ideas right now. I'm like, oh, my one friend has bunk beds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. She's on it. It's going. It's working. It'll happen, folks. Yeah. Well, thank you, Camille. Thank you, Colleen. <laughs> you have Thanks a wonderful really. day your day. I really appreciate you coming. You out. as well. <laughs> I, I'm happy to do this anytime. anytime. I'm always ready for you, baby. Mm. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Kendall, welcome back. So in episode 25, you introduced us to your blog, mormonzodiac.com, and you have a, a character named Mason Proxy, who does a wonderful satirical commentary on church issues. I, I, love, I love the take that Mason Proxy has on church topics. So he's kind of like this tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic witty, faithful member of the LDS church. And I just, I love his perspectives. And then you also introduced us to the Zodiac signs that you have created that are unique to Mormonism. And they use a lot of Mormon icons and symbolism. I love them. So in episode 25, you introduced us to the Jesus deer and to Heavenly Mother and you had some more signs to introduce us to today. The next one is the beehive. And if uh -huh. you've been to Utah, if you know anything about Mormonism, you know that beehives are just the, the best. <laughs> uh, and even the word Deseret, which is, you know, the uh, supposed Jaredite word for bees, mm -hmm. Deseret is everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it was a good, it was fitting to have as part of the Zodiac. I, I've always thought the story of the Jaredites in these little like wooden barges uh -huh. was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but if you read through it, they, they also had, it talks about the things they brought and it talks about having like big ass swarms of bees. And <laughs> like, can you imagine a swarm of bees anyway it's it's quite crazy 
Have you listened to that podcast, the Transoceanic Vessel podcast? Yeah. That <laughs> was one that people, people said, you've got to listen to this. You've got to listen to it. And I was like, okay. And it was amazing. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Uh, they actually don't get into the barges as much as just the impossibility of Nephi building a boat. Right. Right. So, but I was whole, really hoping they were going to dive into the barges thing. Right. But me too. Anyway, <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> it's as close as we're going to get. Maybe, maybe we can ask him for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I don't think John Larson is coming back. No, unfortunately. Um. Oh, I didn't give you the dates. Uh, so beehives, mm-hmm. which that's kind of funny because it's like young women's in the church, right? But right. Uh, <laughs> the uh, it's February fifth through March twentieth. Okay. So this is kind of you know you have Valentine's Day in there. It's kind of springtime's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So their main uh, attribute is emotional. Okay. And so their lucky day is Friday because that's date night. (laughs) Got it. Moving on to the next one. If you're born between March 21st and May 5th, then you are a horse. Oh. But not a regular horse. You're like a Chinese horse. (laughs) You're a Mormon horse, which means you're a taper. Nice. I love it. You're a taper. Yeah. So, yeah, we call it a horse, but all the imagery shows a taper. So that's <laughs> that's kind of a fun throwback to the uh, silly apologetic theory that people in the Book of Mormon rode around on tapers. But, of course they did, because why not? <laughs> yeah. And, and because it's so hard to, like, to do the mental gymnastics to think of it that way, mm-hmm. um, I thought a good attribute for the horse is actually uh, cognitive or um, uh, mental. So, Ah. you know, you're, you're, you're all into the thinking things through and strong brain power. Oh my God. I love the irony. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And that, uh, that time of year, that's when you have your taxes come due. That's when, Final exams are like mm-hmm. you're prepping for your exams. So it's kind of a mental time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their day of the week is Tuesday because statistically it's got to be the most boring day of the week. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I don't know. So I think that brings us halfway through. Um, the next sign is uh, the dates are May 6th through June 20th. Uh, which on this sign is an angel with a flaming sword. Nice. (laughs) So (laughs) um, it's that time of year when there's lots of weddings going on. So I thought it was appropriate to have this sign during this time because it's, it's reference to the angel that forced Joseph to, you know, practice plural marriage and Mm -hmm. marry these teen brides. Uh Uh-huh. So I thought that was appropriate. Um, I'm, dying main, to hear uh, attri- the, I'm dying to hear what the attribute is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the attribute is physical. 
Ah, see, because, my brain's going there. <laughs> you know, because the physical urges and things. The like, bow chicka wow wow, that type of physical. <laughs> that type of physical. Also, as in like, if you believe the story, like physical as in Joseph, you are going to get your head chopped off by this flaming sword. Um, kind of a death threat. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking more like, let's get physical. That kind of physical, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good theme song. There you go. <laughs> Their lucky day is Wednesday because ah, it's halfway it's through the week. Hump day. <laughs> I thought that was appropriate. So perfect. Well, thank you, Kendall. We will catch up with you and get the last three signs next time. And now for the much-anticipated announcement of who won those tickets. So recently I did a thank you drawing for two free Salt Lake Sunstone Summer Symposium all-day passes. We had quite a few entrants, and last night I did a live drawing within our Mormon Happy Hour Facebook group. And if you happen to miss it, here is the announcement. The winner of our tickets is Nick. Nick, I have sent you a message letting you know that you won. I just need your email address and I'll get those tickets right out to you. And be sure and spread the love to all of your fellow entrants who are pea green with envy that you won and, and they didn't. So show them what it's like to be a winner. Congratulations, Nick. See you in two weeks. today's topics. We are so glad you stopped by. Be sure to join the Mormon Happy Hour on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. If you smiled, please drop us a five-star review wherever you found us. See you next week. Cheers! <laughs>